0: Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with one of the most important people in the rock music scene in Southern California right now, Rob Castellon of Wiretap Records. Hopefully, I've pronounced that correct. Is that proper? That's pronunciation, correct. Rob? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, that,
1: that, that's good enough. <laughs> how
0: yeah. do you how do you say it?
1: it's 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 pronounced Castellon, but Cast, Castellon, Castellon. Okay. yeah, it's it's uh, okay. it's it's closer.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I won't, I won't I won't mispronounce it anymore. Castellon. <laughs> there you go. Is bro. that right? That's All right. perfect. <laughs> Rob founded Wiretap Records about eight years ago and has built it into a solid, independent label that routinely pumps out great release after great release with some of the best bands in punk and rock music out there today, including bands that have been on the show, like Mercy Music, The Dreaded Laramie, Break Lights, Decent Criminal, and Shiva, as well as some other great bands like Bristol of Memory, Odd Robot, Upper Downer, Wicked Bears, Moldy Roses, Reminders, American Thrills, which just dropped their new album. Um, That's just to name a few of the bands that you might have come to know over the last eight years I finally got to meet Rob in person last month during the annual attention fest that he puts on to showcase some of the awesome bands from the label. And here's hearing his story of undying passion for helping the rock music scene, all while having to run the label and manage a life and full-time job is nothing short of heroic. Well, he'll have, he also has an offshoot of wiretap called my grito, which we'll talk about as well. Hold on to your butts and get ready for the true story of running an independent record label right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool, it's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Power by Rock Podcast. I'm incredibly honored today to have the padrino of independent rock labels right now of Wiretap Records, the CEO, Rob Castellon, from Wiretap Records, like I said, and from my Greedo to talk about the wild ride that comes with creating, running, and building an internationally known independent record label from scratch. Hey, Rob, thanks for taking the time to chat, and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Isaac. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for the invite.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the intro does a little bit of uh, justice because I feel like you don't get enough credit out there.
1: No, come on, man. That's very flattering. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's back up a bit. So basically, you didn't have to start a record label. Let's talk about why you actually started Wiretap back in. I think it was 2014. What you were doing at the time and why did you decide to create a record label at all?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I told this story a few times, you know, and it's, it's it's not that I never wanted to start a record label it's not it's it was more that um you know like i think with a lot of things you kind of stumble into it right and uh so in 2014 um i'll give you kind of my background i i've uh at, at the time i was working at radio um it's funny because you just had brad brad uh from signal chords on uh what the last episode right or a few episodes yep. ago and yep. brad also worked in radio as well so i worked in sales and marketing um for uh la station here in la called k rock um so uh, you know by all means obviously enjoying my job and you know at, at doing a job that actually where i was working in music obviously by all accounts enjoying my job having a good time um but it's you know but for some reason i just didn't feel in touch with music independent music and whatnot so yeah. um you know just at the time i was like not creatively fulfilled if that makes sense you know like I, I'd, I'd, I'd stopped going to like smaller shows i was going to like you know radio shows obviously because of my job and things like that so i was going to shows like cage the elephant or alabama shakes which by all accounts are great bands you know but i wasn't yeah. going to local shows i'd stop going to like you know small shows or even i'd even stop going to like you know the glass house and you know shows like that you know what would, would have you know bigger bands or bigger punk bands and whatnot so um i kind of decided myself that i wanted to i told my wife i'm like and, and maybe it was my age too. I think I started wiretap when I was, gosh, 42. I'm sorry, not for 32, 32. So about 10 years yeah. ago.
0: And, so you're, uh, you're looking pretty good <laughs> for a 50 year old. <laughs> Thank you brother.
1: Yeah. So who knows, maybe it was a midlife crisis, something like that, you know, but, um, I told my wife, you know, and I was like, I think I want to put out like a 45 or seven inch, you know, like one release. And she's like, you want to start a label? I'm like, no, I don't want to start a label. I just want to do one. I'll be one and done, you know? And, um, Of course, it wasn't just one and done, you know, here we are, you know, eight years later and, um, you know, over 120 releases now or something like that. Um, But, you know, um, uh, the first one, you know, like after talking to my wife, I'm like, because obviously there's a, you know, like, I think like you mentioned, I'm I'm a full-time, you know, full-time dad, you know, full-time husband. Of course, I have have a day job. So Wiretap is something that I do on the side, of course, but, you know, um, talked it over with my wife and said, all right, let's do it. Let's put it, let's put out a seven inch. Like, what are you going to put out? So, um, I reached out to some local bands, um, a local band here out of Norwalk called watch for horses. Um, Mm -hmm. they're no longer together anymore, but they're like, a kind of like a strokes ish kind of indie indie rock type type vibe. Um, and, um, you know, at the time they were getting some local play on, on the local, the local show here on K rock, um, paired them up with the, um, a band by the name of Indian school, um, which you might know they're actually the side project of audio karate, um, who Ironica ended up working with later on, um, you know, through the label. So, um yeah, you know, put out that first 7-inch. You know, I think initially when you start any kind of a project, the first people to support you are your friends and family. You know, like yeah. your friends, you know, like they want to support you. They'll buy, they'll pick up a 7-inch, you know, and a lot of people that bought the 7-inch probably didn't even own record players at the time. You know, they just wanted to
0: kind of... I still don't have a record like, player. Look at this wall.
1: <laughs> look at that wall, man, right? Yeah, it's pr- about time maybe you get one then, right? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the record did fairly well. You know, sold more than I... Um, imagine it would, you know, I thought I was gonna be sitting on hundreds of records, which I, you know, I I did for a while, of course, but you learn from the first one, you apply that to the second one and you know, you kind of keep going from there. So, um, not that I never intended to start up record label, but I think at the back of my mind, I wanted to, but kind of thought like, let's just see how this goes. Right. And here we are, you know, eight years later.
0: Yeah. So. Like, as far as when you started, did did it take like an investment? I mean, you didn't create like a recording studio or anything. You kind of reached out to bands who were recording their own stuff, either in a studio or, you know, basically home recording or whatever, however they could make it happen. But then you would take the master's and get it distributed. Right. So what kind of infrastructure did you even need to start? Did you just need capital to basically get the records pressed and then market it out to your friends?
1: Yeah. To start. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Like I said, like if, you know, I think obviously every, every story is different. Um, but even if you're somebody that's looking to start a record label today, um, it is very hard to kind of roll that dice and be like, I'm going to pay for everything, man. I'm going to yeah. cough up the money to pay for, you know, 300 records, which is obviously with vinyl, vinyl prices nowadays for manufacturing has gone up over the past few years, of course. And yeah. if, if, if you're going to use that model, um, going to be very difficult for you to recoup your investment and obviously apply other things that are needed nowadays for marketing and pr and whatnot so it's like that model i think that major labels use and of course you know obviously the major labels and even major indies have had to kind of adapt to their model um yeah was to the start at the time i made some of those mistakes by you know maybe paying for stuff that i maybe shouldn't have you know whatnot but i mean yeah at the time like i said i really was just kind of you know, gathering a few funds to, for the, for the pressing, you know, um, later on, later on down the line, you, you realize that you do need some of those assets, like, like PR of course, and marketing. And of course nowadays paid social, but I mean, at the time, yeah, it really is just kind of like, a. you know, at the time, like I said, I I thought I was just going to do one. So I'm like, let's go big, you know, like I I did three (laughs) variants, three colors of, uh, of that seven inch that looking back now, probably when it wasn't probably the, the best decision now to do, you know, 500 records of a seven-inch of, of, of two two bands that are relatively unknown, right? But you yeah, live there, you know, but yeah, at the time, like I so said, that was that was my my one and done, and I was gonna go I was gonna go big on it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I, I actually do e-commerce as well. I sell physical products mm-hmm. on Amazon and on online, and coach that for about six seven years. And first thing that most people want to do is expand their product line, right? So they go out there and just like. Launch six different colors of something they get like five different things and like do you even know if there's demand for this yet why are you doing six colors like why don't you test it with one thing first and see how that goes and i think that would have probably been good advice for you back in 2014 as well
1: yeah where were you isaac back then come on
0: (laughs) so one thing i can say is that while you have a lot of respect in the rock community and especially in southern california that always doesn't translate to income back into your pocket right so like well, let's talk about kind of some of the financial risk of putting yourself out there and investing towards distribution of vinyls and such, because I know it's not easy. And when we spoke, you had mentioned that there have been times that you've actually had to ask yourself, what the hell are you even doing? Uh, just kind of give me the, 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 examples of some of the ups and downs and you don't have to name bands or anything like that, but just kind of give me some of the examples from your perspective about what's happened on the, on the goods and the bad so far in your journey.
1: Yeah, sure, man. You know, yeah, You, I think you've you nailed the, uh, you know, how you say the, that the head on the, on the nail. Right. Or the hammer on yeah. the nail yeah but it's it's not easy you know like it's after after eight years you know you kind of look back and yeah there's times where you evaluate if you're even why you're doing it right you know i, I think yeah. I, I think overall you, you know why you're doing it because obviously it's it's you want to do it for the right reasons because you're enjoying it right i always told yeah. myself that if the once once i wasn't having fun anymore that i wouldn't do it anymore you know and yeah. it takes yeah there's good days and bad days where you're like you know you're you put a pre-order up for pre-order and there's like five pre-orders and you're like, yep, this one's not going to, this is not going to really sell, sell. It's not moving out the shelves. Right. Um, yeah. and, then there, and then there's great days where you put up a pre-order and you're like, all right, cool. Um, I've gathered enough funds now to put, you know, put towards the next one or got a little bit of a nest, you know, but, um, there's, you know, again, like it's in terms of, in terms of like the investment side of things, you know, I, have been fortunate that I'm lucky enough and thank you to people like you, Isaac, that have, have signed up for record club um, that I do every year. Uh, paid
0: member, by the way, just in case anybody's wondering. You. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Isaac.
1: like, yeah, paid member. Yes. I, I absolutely <laughs> appreciate that. But so, uh, um, yeah, it's things like that, that have allowed me to, you know, if you think, if you think about it, you know, something like that, it really is my Patreon. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've always kind of debated and thought about, Hey, well, why, why don't I do a Patreon? But it really record club really is my Patreon. You know, that allows me yeah. to put for, uh, you know, put funds toward, pressing records and actually, still actually doing that in in this day and age where a pressing could be uh, anywhere up to, you know, 2,500 to three grand, you know, that's, that's, that's no secret that you can, you can email a plant nowadays and, and get a quote and you'll be like, damn, that's a lot of money for putting towards records. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of, um, you know, just the idea of, of, of starting a label nowadays, that's just pressing, you know, you factor in things like paying for marketing, paying for the PR, you know, cause at the end of the day, if, if, if you're just putting out a record and you're not, no, one's really hearing about it. Like yeah. there's still, a, it's still more that goes, goes into like, actually just putting your your record on your, on your website and trying to sell it. And even if a label is interested in whatnot, like what else have you been doing, like, how's your digital, how's your social. So there's a lot of things that have to go into that I've learned over the past few years and it's taken, you know, eight years for me to get to where, you know, where I think that you know, I'm super proud of the where the label's at nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's obviously, hasn't been something that I've done overnight, right?
0: Yeah, and and that's a great point because I think a lot of people, I mean, starting a record label is kind of like starting a band, right? You have to be persistent. You can't not promote yourself because you have to put yourself out there. You have to be visible. And the difference between running a record label and being a band, just like any company, like, you know, I, I run a essentially a media company. Um, people don't really like to support brands or companies unless they like the things that are associated with it right so like you have to be you know kind of networking and associating yourself with the right people and and doing that and that's one thing i think that's your superpower is finding really good bands to put on your label because i don't know of any label and i'll talk about some of the other ones in a little bit but i don't know of any label right now that's putting out consistently as good of releases as you are on wiretap and i i'll put fat records and and all the other ones up there even you know big ones like atlantic you don't see you know consistently five to six really good releases or even up to ten releases a year that are as good as yours
1: dude thank you so much isaac man that that means a lot man you know because at the end of the day all i want to do is put out good records you know like i think a lot of us are still album guys and that's still you know listen to records you know obviously we put out singles and that's the model that has been working for some some bands and artists nowadays but i mean i still listen to records every day and that's that's my goal is to if i if i dig the record and i put it on and it just hits me like even after the first lesson or second listen like i kind of go with my gut man you know luckily yeah. my guts my gut's been working apparently so
0: yeah well if you ever want to quit this and go work for a big company as an anr guy <laughs> i think you'd do pretty well yeah <laughs> thanks man So I think most people just don't realize that when they say, you know, independent record label, there's usually only like one or two people really involved. It's, you know, a a single person or, you know, two business partners or whatever, which means that's working to find artists, signing them producing or uh, their releases on some uh, you know on some sides maybe even advancing them some money for recording at times not necessarily saying that's your model but some some companies do help market those releases create events to showcase their roster like you did with Attention Fest process mm-hmm. orders and manually fulfill those orders and so on and usually these labels Owners also have a full time job. So I know like many indie labels like Andy Pohl from St- Sell the Heart Records, uh, Mike Park from Asian Man Records, mm-hmm. Noah from and his partner from Otitis uh, Media Records in Texas. They put a lot of work in just like you. And, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. Like, what do you see that keeps you going and how do you see it getting better? I mean, obviously, you're not in a bad position, but if you could like wave a magic wand, what would you do and be like, it's, it's, this is what I want. This is how mm-hmm. I want to run this company.
1: Yeah, no, um, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm happy to say that I, I've, I've, I'm going, I've, I, I subscribe to the Mike park, uh, school of, of running a record label, you know, obviously Mike from Asian man is, is an influence on not only on all us, all of us that run a record label, you know, Mike is, yeah. has, I think has the respect from all the majors, you know, like, yeah. and, and fat and, and all these labels that have a huge team, of course, and Asian man is still himself, you know, doing exactly kind of what we all do. What I do is packing orders in my living room where, where I'm sitting today right now is where I pack yep. orders, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, I think it takes, it takes all that, you know, I'd say it really is not because I don't want it, but I mean, it's also like, you know, I can't afford to, you know, pay anybody to do that kind of stuff. And, and I, have been asked and I've, I've even been offered and every now and then people will kind of come down and help me and pack orders or whatnot, or even help out whatever they can, which a way I'm I'm, 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 you know, I'm obviously flattered that people would want to take time out of their data help out and, and be involved. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, it did it, it, it. I do have to sometimes manage my, my family life, you know, and I, and I got kids upstairs doing homework and whatnot. It's like, I can't have people in here and packing orders with me. It's like, it just doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't sometimes make sense for people's schedules and whatnot. So,
0: yeah. Um, and getting yeah. office space is just a terrible idea. Usually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the biggest yeah. waste of money you can do.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, but in in terms of like, if I could snap my fingers and and you know, and it sounds cliche, but it really went, this is still a business, and with any business, like it really is about capital. Sometimes you know, it's like not only and and not just because I want to press more records and whatnot. I think you know, I think the luxury of of that major labels and even like major indies have is being able to put some of those funds into paid marketing and you know paid social and. PR and whatnot, and you know, and yeah. giving the artist the artist kind of what I think they are missing because like that's that sometimes that's the difference between getting a record or even a band to kind of break is getting more people to find out about it, you know. And that's yeah. that's the challenging part with something with you know with a label that's that that the size of the label that Wiretap is at is that unfortunately we you need know, I do the best I can with every release that I do, of course. But I mean, for the most part, there's no there's no marketing department that's putting you know a whole you know but budget and whatnot into every release because we just don't have the luxury of having that, you know, we do what we can of course. And I, I I meet with every band and every artist to kind of put together a plan, um, and put together a, a, you know, a social calendar and of course, and a marketing calendar and kind of do what we, what our, our plan's going to be. But I mean, that's the luxury that a major label has is having funds. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say that it's only about funds, you know, but I mean, you know, perfect world. If, if there was a, you know, if there was a label like, uh, like fat or, you know, or epitaph that wanted to um, take on a smaller indie. That's something that that could help out um, yeah. in those areas. You know, I'd definitely be something that you know I'd be open to, of course. Me with obviously still wanted to be involved with wiretap, of course. But I mean, who knows? You know, I think that's that's the yeah. challenge with a small indie label like mine. But
0: yeah, it's either get a nice investor who's really yeah. happy with what you're doing, inject some cash, or kind of they call it buying in instead of selling out, where a yeah, company right. buys <laughs> into. Your what you're doing and, and helps you with, you know, basically synergy, right? So they can help totally, with some the yeah. marketing, they can help with some of the f- financial, but they don't have to put a lot of money into purchasing the company or something like that. So yeah, exactly. um, there's definitely some great things out there that could be done. And, you know, that's exactly, I think everybody who's in a small business and knows that w- what they're doing is going the right way. That's kind of like what they want is just like, get, get some help to get to the next level and just get kind of mo like, you know mo- mulling that over and, and doing that over and over and again and um yeah i you know i always say like perfect world powered by rock it's a, a couple million dollars and then you know all of a sudden we can actually do what we want to do with a lot of other stuff like live venues and some of this other stuff you know um, yeah, helping sure. you know partnering with with people like wiretap and at least you know a lot of other record labels to kind of showcase more artists and do more stuff and uh you know it it, it when you say it's not always about capital for business, for businesses it is. For the people involved, it's not, right? So, like, you don't have to necessarily make a million dollars a year. But to be able to live off of your business, that would be great. And if you can also, you know, grow it, that's even better. So I think the the two things there would be nice and and capital definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about um, some of the relationships you have because you actually have a lot of great relationships with a lot of bands and promoters and influencers in the rock music scene. Do you have any advice so people who you know maybe they're bands or uh, maybe there are other uh, independent record labels or whatever do you have any advice as to how people build these relationships and how to find good people to work with
1: yeah man there really it, there really is no clear way to say that but you just have to you gotta you gotta connect you know it's like you have to I think early on when I started like I was constantly on on social or even, you know, even just sending emails out, you just have to put your face out there and get people to know who you are. You know, that's, it's plain and simple. That's kind of really how it is, you know? Um, you know, I was fortunate that early on, like, you know, well, I'll back up and, you know, I, I did, you know, I actually, it's like, since, since it really is just me that runs the label, the only other person that actually, um, is really essentially kind of um, part of the label if you will and I, I i include him as part of the label it's it's mike kubeus who runs uh earshot media he yep. uh he he does uh, PR for the label full-time so in, in a sense even though he isn't on quote-unquote payroll and all that whatnot um he is you know a, a big part of how i think the label has grown over the years because you know he makes the label shine you know he's gone as press he's gone obviously you know he he hustles his, his butt off to you know coordinate you know video premieres and and interview opportunities for you know obviously things like what we're doing today right for the artists so yeah. um but in terms of like you know like how somebody can kind of get you know like if when you first start out with relabel, you don't really have the funds to put towards things like that so it really it, it's going to take you to emailing you know websites and and getting getting content and getting interviews and whatnot. so it's like the more your name is out there the people actually you know because these these websites and these these contacts get emailed every day from different various people i'm sure you know yeah. you know from firsthand the, how that goes so i get about more, 30
0: uh, emails from mike every week if not more yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah so as you know like i so said the more that people get your you know know what you're doing and they, they see your name more and they see that you're uh, you know as as much as we think that everybody has good intentions you know in this industry like some, some people don't really don't really vibe with the what it, you know there's there's some people that just don't really vibe right so yeah. the more the more that people see that you have the best intentions and you're actually doing this for you know the quote unquote right reasons they'll they'll, they'll help you out you know, i think everybody yeah. has the good you know their best foot forward and are trying to help out you know whether it be a band or your label and you know and really like i i i'm i'm okay with people even emailing me and asking me for help you know or even th- i i did that you know when i first yeah. started out I, I emailed a few people and said hey i'm starting i'm starting to label like what do you suggest, you know, any vendors or any websites or whatever? And, you know, like I've, I've done that in the past and I've, I've liked to, quote, unquote, pay it forward. So, you know, yeah. really put yourself out there and just, you know, help people out or ask people to help you out. And you'll be surprised at how many people are actually willing to help out.
0: Yeah. And there's like three things in there that I want to pick up, because one thing I think most people don't want to do is promote themselves, especially artists. Right. Yeah. So they think I made good music. People will want to listen to it now like you have to be presently involved in their ability or visibility spectrum for them to even catch you right so it's like you know a shooting star right like shooting stars happen often but we don't pay attention unless we're looking up at that particular moment in the sky right Mm -hmm. so like you said you have to be kind of present always trying to find ways to get in front of people uh you know just doing a little podcasts and and just doing whatever like talking to people going to shows you know hanging out making sure that people know that you're there even if you're an artist a label whatever that's the easiest way to grow your presence right so then also build relationships steve caballero was on this show uh, about a year ago mm-hmm. and steve caballero is in the band urethane now he mentioned that you know obviously from I think 1978 or something like that is when he started the faction as a 14 year old, you know, in Southern California. And he said, uh, after all these years, the thing that helps him get, you know, and, and the band Urethane get more and more credibility is the fact that he's always been good to people. And if mm-hmm. he's like, if I would have burned those bridges along the way, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a band right now. There would be nobody in this band that would want to be in this band. And basically, nobody would want to listen to us or put us on for, you know, labels or anything like that. So yeah, make sure that you're going and connecting, but also being good to people because even if you are the greatest artist that nobody's ever heard of, nobody cares unless you're a humbled person. you, you talk about you know others with respect, support other people. You can't just be like you know uh, Liam Gallagher out there and expect <laughs> to become a rock star anymore, right? So it's it's really not like that. I mean, the, the rock mu- rock music in general is not as prevalent as it used to be. So you have to be building it from that DIY kind of ground up level at this point. Uh, for most rock bands and I think uh, you know over the long term I think point three there would be you know essentially you can then turn that into paying it forward right so helping people there's like a chain of helping right so like even Warren Buffett helped Bill Gates who helps these other Mm -hmm. people who helps you know um, Mark Zuckerberg who helps all these other people right it's like this chain of mentoring and you're not going to just go to your grave with all the information you have and never share a bit of it right like so you might as well start helping other people because in the long run they'll also support you you know the people that helped you will also then kind of turn into this like circle of life that you guys can all support each other and I think if you know anything about DIY scenes I mean that's legitimately how the entire ecosystem works so I'm glad that you kind of you in like one answer you've kind of spun all three of those concepts and I hope people who are watching this really pay attention to that segment because without those kinds of words from you I don't think most people are going to be successful doing anything in life, let alone anything related to music. So be good, get yourself out there and then pay it forward to <laughs> so support yeah. everybody that helps you. So,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I think, you know, yeah. and it sounds, it sounds harsh, but I mean, don't, the whole, the phrase, don't be a dick. It really does hold, yeah. hold a, <laughs> of, you know, hold a lot of value. It's like, just be cool and be upfront with people. And that's always been something that I've always been trying to do is, you know, you know, I'm ho- hoping, hopefully you've talked to any any band that I've worked with and, You know, they, I'm hoping that they've all had positive things to say about, even if the release didn't quite go the way they, you know, intended it for it to go. But I'm hoping that they all have, you know, good things to say about our, our arrangement and and our time together. And, you know, that's always something that's always been important to me is, is to never burn bridges, as you said, you know, and the same, same goes, same goes for, you know, if you're in a band, like don't be a dick, you know, and that's, that, that goes a long way. Right.
0: Yeah. And I should have put up more of the, the albums of yours behind me before this i didn't think to do it but i have a bunch that are still waiting to be hung in my closet from your record uh labels so they're still sitting there but i'll get them up eventually (laughs) oh thanks man um one thing i want to i want to bring up uh that i remembered from our conversation is that you basically didn't start out to be like a punk label even though a lot of people consider wiretap to be kind of like one of the more prevalent punk labels out there Um, but that's not what you set out to do and i'll say not everyone on the label is punk band right so like bristol to memory is an example of a band that like i wouldn't consider punk mercy music while while brendan looks punk i wouldn't Mm -hmm. classify their music as punk i would call it kind of more like pop rock or just rock Mm -hmm. music Uh, but both of those bands are amazing like what are you looking for in a band when you're thinking about signing them is it just sound is it image is it them actually going out and playing kind of let me know kind of what you're thinking when you're when you're looking at a band
1: yeah you're exactly right man like when i first started wiretap like i never really wanted it to be i, I think you know i think you I, I don't think a label really picks their audience sometimes you know like who's gonna yeah. obviously you, you can put out records by a certain type of genre or whatnot. but i never wanted wiretap to be again no no mal no, you know not not no offense to any any label to get like like epitaph or fat records who of course have have created obviously a legacy for what they have done with with skate punk and, and punk rock in general right but i never wanted yeah. to be fat records I never wanted to be epitaph or whatnot um you know but uh, i think the label that influenced me probably the most you know and i think i've said it and actually i, I actually put out a compilation this actual year um uh as a tribute to vagrant records so yeah. i always i always saw wiretap as a as a bit of an ex, you know but not an extension but it, like it's it I, an I really, like, yeah an homage yeah to uh yeah. the way that vagrant was you know, Vagrant was obviously, you know, champion the whole emo thing, of course, but they also had bands like Face to Face that, you know, were completely different from Dashboard Confessional and a band like Kofax or The Anniversary, right? It's like, they were very diverse in that sense where they could have all those bands on the Vagrant America tour and it still yeah. made sense, you know? So that's 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 kind of, not that I use that mentality for everything that I put out. I think it, early on, that was kind of my
0: my direction. I said, I want to be the modern day Vagrant kind of thing um well don't but, you didn't you know somebody or don't you work with somebody yeah, who worked it, it was like the head of vagrant right
1: yeah i actually interned at vagrant um in the early days in the quote-unquote heyday um i think it was 2000 2000 2001 era so yeah. i obviously you know influenced heavily by that roster and that sound and well what came out of those those few years at the uh the quote, unquote heyday of, of, of vagrant so um yeah. you know I, st- I still kept in touch with some of the people there and um and i, think, um, you know, I, I in fact, actually, later on, um, through just again, just like I said, through kind of make networking with people in the scene, and um, um, I became friends with um, um, Tom over at Washed Up um, who runs a you know awesome website called Washed and yep. uh, t- Tom actually put me uh, or made a comment to Josh Burwanger um, from the anniversary um, about you know kind of hey you should check out Wiretap you know and uh, Josh reached out to me you know a few weeks later and. Um, ended up actually putting on his re- his solo record uh a few years ago, I believe in 2017, I want to say.
0: Yes.
1: Um, you know, and from then, you know, I ended up actually working with um Josh and his other project, Radar State, uh, which is Matt Pryor and Jim Subtick from the Get Up Kids. So it, it kind of all came full circle, you know, me and turning there yeah. and kind of being influenced by that roster, of course. And, you know, I never would have imagined that I would have put out a record from, you know, get up kids are one of my favorite bands of all time. So it's like, you know, kind of it was it was kind of one of those like pinch me moments of like, Hey, you know, like what I'm putting out a record from one of my favorite bands, you know, and
0: one of my favorite labels. So great. So yeah, one of of those funny things. It's weird when things like that come around. Cause I I remember I'll give an example. I did this podcast, uh, for the last year and a half or so. And I did an interview with radical radical Adam Lorbach, who Mm -hmm. was in homegrown from back Mm -hmm. in, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands. And I was like, I remember listening to you while driving to like the lake in summer in high school. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here like interviewing you. If I have told myself in high school that I'd be interviewing Adam from my homegrown, I'd be like shitting myself. I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, how does that happen? But I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things like if you just, if you're passionate, you're going to find ways to work yourself into the, the mix of, you know, the, the bands, the labels, the whoever you want. I mean, everybody asked me like, how do you book guests for this show? I'm like, you just ask, like you just talk to people. You you should go out and just see who's, who's available and you know what they're putting out. And if you want to talk to them, if you like them, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think most people are just absolutely, you know, um, crippled by fear of rejection. Mm. So they won't do that kind of stuff. And I think that's where people like yourself, uh, you know, anybody who starts a business, uh, they, at least in theory, uh, really want to do that they want to reach out take that leap of faith and, and make those kinds of connections so i think that's pretty awesome so in that sense so if you if you're thinking like okay like what kind of bands you like what kind of you know rock music you're kind of thinking about what's the kind of submission process if bands actually do want to reach out to you do you have a contact form or is it like hey you know what we're, we're just going to kind of look out for bands that we kind of know of that are on our radar or how do you actually find bands
1: yeah no there's there uh, there's a way for people to reach out you know on, on the website at wiretaprecords.com um you know just like you i get anywhere from you know it, it's grown more and obviously since the early days it was it was very little because you know you're a new label of course and you're not getting a lot of submissions and the, the fee that you're getting are aren't quite there yet <laughs> you know um and but over time they, they've gotten better of course and obviously we, we found a few gems uh, to put out you know some music over the last few years uh but yeah i get anywhere from you know 15 to 20 submissions per, per week nowadays, you know, and a lot of it's, a lot of it's good, you know, a lot of it, you know, I just can't really get behind because, you know, I just don't have the calendar and the the bandwidth to, to put out everything that, that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, but I, I will say that your best foot forward is just like a, just, just like an interview, you know, like sadly, this is much, very much like first impression and, You know, if, if I, if I have heard of the band, then I've, I've, I've been aware of, and you're, you're doing something right, right? If, if if you say, Hey, I'm so-and-so from whatever band we're out of the city, we've done this, whatever. And I've heard of the band, then you're onto something, right? You've, you've been, you've been out there doing your thing. Um, if you're a brand new band and I've never heard of you, or even much less if you're from a different country. Um, but I will say the bands that i have actually, I've been able to kind of work out an arrangement and actually move forward with have been the band that said, Hey, this is a new record that we just recorded, you know, this past summer we wanted we're shopping around for somebody we'd like to meet with you, whatever that had, had a bit of a plan, right? Instead of like, yep. Hey, we put this record out last, last week. Can we put it out on vinyl? I was like, yeah. like, how is like, is, is that, is that really the best intention? Like, like, yeah. do you really, do you really expect a label to get behind that when you already released this already. And it's two months old already. Like what's the shelf like yeah. on that marketing standpoint? So like, think about what, what your email, when you put together that email is like, what are my expectations one and what are my um like what are my goals from it right it's like if your record came out already like you know you should have you should have sent that record six months ago you know what i mean like so it's like so it it really is sometimes about timing as well but i mean you're you're right man it's like i put it i put a record on and and i still try to listen to everything everything that gets submitted um and as a music lover i think you know i think you have the same type of listening habits that i do it's like you put it on i think you kind of know from the first you you know you that's a mood that that's, that sets you know you set a mood with your first first track you scan a few tracks and like you kind of know right yeah. and something kind of by just your and you're like all right I'm gonna listen to this a little bit more so what I'll do is like I'll I'll get I'll 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 open up an email and if I if I like it I'll put it aside or put it in I'll put I'll file it away and then come back to it later you know um but it really is about if I if I dig it and I like it I like melody you know it's like I yeah. like melodic pop punk and, you know, melodic, melodic rock. So it's like, you know, I think that that's kind of been the model is like for what I put out is like, if it's, if it's good, you know, I'll I'll get behind it. You know, this is a lot more that goes into that, but I mean, yeah, I think you're right that, um, a lot of the artists that we work with, I wouldn't pigeonhole or put in the same categories. Like, Hey, they're just a punk band because, you know, punk adjacent is, you know, I think you kind of, yeah there's, there's that punk adjacent category where like, Hey, these guys could play a punk show with another band and, you know, they'd be okay, but you know, that's that's kind of how I the, the model I usually use for if I want to get behind it. If I think that's going to fit within the within the roster,
0: yeah. And I think I think just to help clarify, if anybody's looking to submit like thrash metal or death metal, I don't think that that's really what's in your your wheelhouse, right?
1: Yeah. Yes and no. You know what I mean? Like thrash metal, maybe no, but you know we work with hardcore bands. You know, it's like we've worked yeah. with you know like Shiva. You know, by all accounts is is a hardcore band, with they they're a little bit more melodic, a little bit not you know. It's, yeah as we call it thrash metal, of course, but I mean, you know, we've worked with, you know, the Cascade lottery, which again, is more of a hardcore band, but thrash metal, maybe, maybe not of my yeah. alley. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of Shiva, I mean, those guys are great. I think, uh, if you're a fan of turnstile, um, yeah. maybe some, some of the bands in that scene, like you will love Shiva. Jabril is awesome. You know, that whole band is awesome. I've got a chance to meet them. They were on the show. Um, and, their sound is just awesome. Like Jabril was saying like, you know, he was more kind of influenced by Motown than like punk music. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Like you're in a hardcore band and you're influenced by Smokey Robinson or something like that. Yeah. Which is just, you don't hear people say that kind of stuff. And then obviously you go watch turnstile and they kind of have that kind of background too. some hip hop, some, Mm -hmm. some Motown, some of that flavor and infusing some of their music as well. So it's a different hardcore scene these days than I think maybe the nineties and eighties had, but I think it's doing it, Doing its justice to that genre by still making it, you know, a punk, you know, a punk hardcore show.
1: Which yeah, is totally fun to see.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about some just bands out there. Like, do you think that there are any bands out there that are not on your label that you think are great bands and you either would love to have them work with you or you're just a fan and you want to see them kind of explode in general?
1: Oh, man. That's, there's so many bands, you know, like I said, you know, over the years, of course, there's, you know, I could, I think what i'll do is I, I won't really signal out bands that i thought would love to work with i think the bands that i think that i that are friends or whatever that i think that i put out records with on other labels or friends labels that i'll put out like i think just need more more recognition um let's see who who's who's great um there's a band out of boston called rebuilder i don't know if you've okay. heard of band yeah i think you know those guys are just you know I, I think if you see those guys um in their hometown in boston i think they're they're just they're they're great you know they're like pop punkish yeah, but but they're just got some keys in some of their songs you know um yeah Mm -hmm. just look them up Rebuilder out of boston
0: actually i might know them i have i have to double check to see if it's the same band that i'm thinking of but i might know of of who you're actually speaking about um yeah that's cool um yeah i mean the one thing i think that you keep mentioning is that you know there's just not enough time in the day not enough money in the Mm -hmm. bank to basically put out all the music that's good out there and i will say when I first started Powered by Rock and started digging into, like, you know, oh, let's find out who's good bands and l- listen to good music again. Uh, I did not realize that there were, like, thousands of really good bands still oh, making yeah. music. Like, not only just, like, the old guys that are still putting it out from, like, you know, the tw- 2000s and late 90s, but there were so many bands since, like, you know, even, like, 2010 that I kind of, like... L- didn't even see come up and rise like turnstile is an example of a band i did not know about really until they released glow on i, I knew about their last album before that but i didn't really listen to it like i thought it was good but I just didn't spend much time on it and then glow on comes out and they're like the biggest rock band in the world like you know that's not on mainstream radio right now and it's just these bands kind of crop up and you're like how do they have 40,000 followers? That's like mm-hmm. more than some of the big bands that I know out there. It's like, Jimmy World only has 60,000 or whatever. You're like, yeah, I know, this right? band <laughs> I've never heard of is just as popular as them. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, there's like thousands of bands that are really good. So it's a good it's a good thing to see that. Um, it's, it's nice to be able to plug in. But for anybody who's like a fan of music, they really have to actually go out and search for it, which is the hard part, right? Because a lot of guitar-based music is done by independent labels. It's mm-hmm. done by people who... Don't have the budget of you know the the hip-hop and you know these producers and and record labels that are putting out pop and hip-hop and country records so i will say that for anybody who's listening to this if you want to know good music there's lots of it out there especially if you're rock if if you're rock fan if you want to start somewhere start with wiretap first because rob knows what the hell he's doing and you know obviously check out rebuilder because that's if rob's saying they're good i guarantee you they're good um but yeah so I think that's just an interesting thing because I don't think most people really realize that rock music is still around and it's still really good, even though, you know, everybody says, oh, all the music that could ever be made has already been made. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, people,
1: yeah, the that people that say that just have, aren't, aren't really people that seek out new music, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, obviously it's cliche to say, like people say, oh, there's no good you know, music anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, there is, you know, it's like, yeah. you just stop, you just stop paying attention, you know?
0: Yeah. And a lot of it's better than you even had, you know, when you were in high school or when you stopped listening to new music. Right. So I think that's a lot of people are just set in their ways. But I'm telling you, if you want to listen to good music and you are passionate about good rock music, you will love the fact that there's tons of it out there. So um, if you knew now what you knew or what you didn't know, essentially, when you started Wiretap, would you do things differently or would you tell yourself to do something else during the process of growing this? Like, did you learn from a mistake that you wish you could turn back and go, oh, I wish I didn't do that? Or was there anything else that you'd be like, maybe I should do it maybe in a different way? Hmm. Aside from the color variance.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see, man. Um, it, you know, not, obviously, like, I'm I'm not looking back at... at be reflective on, on the history of like what I didn't do right, you know, or what didn't do wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe just like taking more, uh, I don't want to use the word risk, you know, but like, you know, obviously like, you know, being somebody that's a family man, of course, you just can't be like, I'm going to quit my job and, and yeah. roll the dice on this, right? Because that's just something that, you know, you, I, I would recommend to anybody, you know, saying. Risk risky, uh, your family's, uh, re- you know, your retirement and risk uh, your family's, secu- you know, security and, of, yeah. you know, of, of doing that and, and for rolling dice on, on doing your label. But I mean, if you're if in that
0: saying, position, then yes, absolutely work yourself out of it. But sure. if you're not in that position, don't put yourself in that position. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> this, this this is really to apply to your question. But I mean, I think looking back now, I think I would have started Wiretap earlier in my in my in my age. I think I would have started yeah. probably in my 20s. You know, because that you are more, you're open more to make, taking those type of risks. Right. Or yeah. ju- jumping in a van and touring with the bands and, and, and kind of being a little bit more involved in the, in the day-to-day of your artists. Right. Yeah. So you don't know,
0: um, have as much responsibility for the things around you, exactly. right? the people and everything. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, that's probably the only thing I think I would have done earlier because let say if, if I would have started this, you know, in my twenties, I think it would have been just a tail end of like CDs and all that. Yeah. And I think. You know, that may have been, you know, actually something that actually may have kind of impacted and actually helped kind of get, you know, pro- you know, proper distro and things like that, you know, and and it it, it was just a different time in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, CDs and, and vinyl and whatnot. So I think it would have been a little bit time to kind of, uh, have wiretap kind of positioned in, in that scene, you know, during that time with, you know, with, with artists and, and with other, you know, with, with distros and whatnot. So, you know, that, that's only thing I think I can look back and think like, I think I would have started early on in my, uh, in my my life i guess right
0: yeah and I, I say the same thing like i never wanted to own a, a business when i was in, like in my 20s i was like there's so much risk in that but now mm-hmm. i'm like you didn't have anything to risk like you were broke yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, if you right. a, like if you had like you know it wasn't broke but like you didn't have any assets really all you had to do was like work for a job and make money and then you could have turned that mm-hmm. around and made a business but no you didn't like you dummy <laughs> um but yeah i think that's that's a pretty good piece of advice uh Especially for people who are ever considering to like, you know, try to do something, especially mm-hmm. if they don't have kids, uh, they don't have like mortgages and stuff like that. If they can if they can make ends meet and still put some cash aside to start a business, that's always a pretty good idea for, for people who are, you know, obviously driven. Motivation is yeah, so, the biggest thing for most people who start a business, though. Most people think, yeah. oh, all you need is money and a good plan. I'm like, yeah, but you need to do the work. That's, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And with that said, also, like, you know, I don't want I don't want to make people think that also, like, if you're older, then it's too late because that's far yeah. from the truth either. Because like, I also want to see the other side of that is that, you know, why not? You know, it's like, I started yeah. wiretap in my thirties, you know, it's like, and, you know, like if you want to do something, just do it. You know, it's like, that's, that's yeah. what I've learned. I think that I think people should take away from that is like, Hey, if you want to start a label when you're thirties or in your forties or whatnot, like who gives a shit, you know, it's like. Yeah. I think we all get kind of caught up too much in like what people are gonna think. You know, it's like who cares if, if you're starting something in your 30s or 40s or whatever. It's like if you want to do it and you think you think you're gonna you can make an impact or help people out, or whatever let's just do it, you know.
0: Yeah. So yeah, and I think I think a lot of people think that, oh, what are my what are my family and friends gonna think that I'm starting a new mm-hmm. business when I'm 45? It's yeah. like if they don't support you, then they're not really your friends, are they? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> So I think two things that kind of really helped open my eyes to your, your record or to your label was the record club offer that you guys put out. And I was like, Oh, that's a really good deal. Like that's a no brainer. And I actually just originally did it on the digital side. And I was like, I don't have a record player, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to get the vinyls. And I was like a month later or less or something. I was like, ah, I'm upgrading. Like this was stupid. Like, why would I just do the digital? Like, the, like the whole point of music is like being able to touch a lot of things, right? Like, read the liner notes, see some of the music, see the albums, even if like I just display them for kind of artwork right now. But Mm -hmm. when I do get a record player, I will actually play some of these albums. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing was that compilation, the Vagrant Records uh, compilation that you guys did with, I think it was like 35 or 36 Mm -hmm. songs on there. Kind of talk me through your decision to put the record club out. Like how did you come up with that idea? Is that something you kind of pulled from somewhere else? And then also how did you decide on the compilation uh, specifically, I know we talked about v- you being involved with Vagrant, but why did you decide to do this compilation now?
1: Yeah, no, uh, record club, you know, like, and, and it's, you know, obviously I'm not the first to, to do a record club, you know, there's been a bunch of other labels that have done record clubs, like, you know, like no sleep records did a, a record club for a number of years. I don't know if they still do it now, but there's a lot of labels yeah. that, that do record clubs in general, uh, AF records does their record club every year as well. So the idea was, was never, it was, you know, it's not an original idea of course, um, but you know, I, I had had people that I've had it asked me, Hey, you should do a record club or I'd support it or I, I'd, I'd go, I'd sign up every year, you know, and it never was quite to the point where I, I thought that I had enough people to really kind of support it because you can put it out there. But I mean, like, you know, I, I think the first year I did it was 2016, I want to say, yeah, 2016. And you know, I have no problem saying, looking back now and saying that I think I got like seven people to sign up for the record club, Yeah. you know, and at that point you're committing to get those seven people that you're going to put out X amount of records right on vinyl yeah. per year, And you know, you kind of look back, you're like, all right, let's do this. Right. Let's figure out a way to get this done. Um, yeah. but yeah, the record club is something that I, like I said, like I see as my, my Patreon, you know, like, you know, I, and a little inside, it's actually, uh, on sale pretty soon. Um, for yep. 2023.
0: I kind of wanted to bring it up so you yeah. could plug it a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah. So, you know, again, it's, it's a really, something that's really important, you know, not under the label, but I mean, just in general, because it does, allow me to keep doing this thing, you know, and, and, you know, not only uh, gathering funds for the next year, but yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, and I, and, you know, people like you that not only support with, you know, through your, your abilities, like the podcast and whatnot and your social and whatnot, but, I mean, I see people on here that have been supporting me and and doing record Club for like five, six years, which is incredible. And and it's amazing that, that, that people that, you know, Maybe we've met a few times here and there, you know, like that. Uh, but I, I, majority of people I've I've never met in person, you know, and yeah. that that's 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 a testament to, to not only they're supporting the label and the quote unquote trust that they have in in the label and the content that I'm putting out because of of, of the yeah. artists, of course. But that's that's supporting the bands, you know. It's like that's that's them seeing value in the music and and you know putting their their hard earned dollars, um, you know, up front and, and trusting in the label that they're going to enjoy what they like and enjoy what I put out. So I, yeah. I thank, I thank everyone for that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: so l- before we talk about the compilation, kind of run down what usually entails the record club, because I actually don't even remember everything that's in it. I know you get a certain amount of vinyls. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. get some merch, like a, very cool mouse pad. I've got that on yeah, my yeah. desk right now. Uh, you'll get a shirt, yeah. um, I have it some as well other well, stuff, that. right? yeah
1: <laughs> There's the, uh, there you go buddy <laughs> yeah as a, as a member for this year um you know isaac among uh, the rest of the members got um you know i believe it was eight uh lps this year as part mm-hmm. of that um you got a seven inch from the dreaded laramie uh their ep that came out this year um you're getting a uh, long sleeve uh wiretap shirt that should be coming and arriving probably within a week or two so like out Just in time
0: for Christmas and the cold cold weather. Yeah, exactly.
1: Weather. Yeah, it's getting cold now, <laughs> so you need a long sleeve. Um what else? Um you know, you I think you may have gone a, a test press, a guaranteed test press in the mail. Um that should be I don't even way. know.
0: I don't think yet, but maybe it's on its way, so yeah.
1: Yeah. So you got a test press and then um obviously all digital downloads of course for the um, you know, with the uh the subscription. Um Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's something that, you know, that we try to make Give people you know something kind of cool obviously you save on shipping and you know kind of bulk shipping of course and and helps you obviously save on cost so it's a value there for the person obviously signing up but i mean yeah you know every year we try to make something kind of exclusive for uh you know for the for the uh, members and you know we have a few things that are kind of coming up in for next year that we'll we'll announce probably within a week or so
0: yeah and that's one thing i'll say is uh you know it's it's maybe it's hard to trust somebody you know, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it's like less than two hundred bucks, I think, for memory. And it might be like, oh, that's a lot of money to shell out for new music. But it's like, honestly, when you see the releases, you listen to the music. I'm like, this was such a bargain. Like, this was such a good deal when you when you look at everything you get, and the fact that you can support a local business or a, a small label, an indie label, by doing that, and I I had this conversation with OC sellout, Chris, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. about like promoting shows. It's like putting on a label and stuff like pre-orders and, you know, buying event tickets in advance literally will stop the anxiety and stress of running a label so much more. So like when you can actually pre-purchase some stuff and help out a label, they they can actually kind of rest a little bit and say, "Okay, (laughs) we got this. We got a a few of these releases that are going to come out. And they don't have to worry and financially stress about every single thing because it's really hard to run these things when you don't know what's going to happen, right? It's it's nice to have that kind of that guarantee, you know, the pre saves, the pre you know, pre buys, pre you know pre purchase, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that way you can kind of feel good that like you you these things are going to happen, and you don't have to like cancel things at the last minute or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're thinking about joining, I'd say do it because it's awesome, and. Don't wait till like, you know, whenever you think, oh well, now I want this. It's like well, just join it, get in there and and do it because you never know if you're gonna miss out on something.
1: You're you're preaching the gospel, Isaac. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> uh it, it it definitely alleviates a lot of stress and anxiety, you know, at the start of the year where we you're like, All right, you know, we we need eight or nine releases, you know. Um, we need to fund them. Of course, you know, ahead of time when people support that that, that means that means the world. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the compilation, the Vagrant Records compilation. Mm-hmm. What, like, d- did you come to these, to the bands? I know there's just pretty much all the bands I've listed, plus, you know, another bunch of bands, but how did you get everybody on board? Why did you decide to do it now? What was the reasoning behind putting this compilation out?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's been an idea that I've had kind of in my mind for a number of years now. Um, and, um, you know, I also, I also, you know, I'll make make note that I actually co-released that with um, Friend Club Records on the east coast mm-hmm. um rob who uh another rob uh who runs uh friend club and i you know we were chatting one day just on on social and i kind of you know mentioned we we're talking about like you know old labels and Vagrant and stuff like that and you know and and we kind of just got to talk and they were like we should put out a compilation you know of wire type bands of course and friend club friend club his his bands and you know the idea kind of sat there for a little you know i think this is right during the pandemic um and yeah. you know obviously we we're all had more time on our hands, of course, to, to collaborate and kind of think of, of ideas and whatnot. So I think the idea for me was kind of there. Um, but I mean, I think we both got kind of, we, we both kind of inspired each other to kind of actually make it happen. So, you know, we both kind of reached out to our roster and said, Hey, we're, we're thinking of doing this. Um, you know, I think, uh, Rob's label friend club kind of leaned more into the, um, their artists tended to be a lot, lot more younger, you know, as opposed to yeah. like maybe my my roster was a little bit more um, rooted in more of the older, uh, yeah. um, Vagrant so they were bands.
0: like, "What the fuck is Vagrant Records and who the fuck are yeah. these bands or what?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, a lot of the fr- Friend Club Records uh, artists, you know, tended to kind of like gravitate more towards like, you know, Balance of Composure and Thrice and you know more of the the later uh, Vagrant Vagrant artists, right? Sure. Whereas like my my bands tended tended to be a little, you know a little bit more into like. Rocket from the Crypt and, you know, face-to-face and Akaline Trio type stuff. So it's like, I think it, yeah. it, it, it it made sense for, you know, two labels like ours to kind of come together and kind of put together a nice compilation that spanned kind of like, not only the early years of, of Vagrant, but also like the later years and, you know, like yeah. stuff like, you know, like that I mentioned, like, you know, that were towards the later years of, 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 of that catalog. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I think, you know. And I, I should it, mention,
0: I guess I did not mention this, but the compilation is, bands from wire club wire club Wiretap, and friend club friends club mm-hmm. covering songs from vagrant artists so i should say that they were cover songs because i don't think i made that clear but mm-hmm. anybody who hasn't seen it it's like 30 how many is it 36 35 songs something like that it's i don't even 30, remember off the top of my head.
1: honestly i want to say 31 32 something okay. like that yeah it's yeah. about it's 30
0: it's something. A lot. yeah, yeah. And, and it's cover songs i mean i think it was like odd robot does like the hippos like i can't even remember who does all of the songs i'm like these are awesome like <laughs> yeah. who even thought to do like you know a hippos cover like i loved the hippos when i was younger yeah, yeah i was like i forgot they existed until they, they they put that song i was like i gotta go listen to some hippos now too yeah so it, uh you know yeah, there's it, there's a lot of stuff on there that's i was like man I, I remember getting that uh that compilation of of lookout or vagrant records that was like 25 years in the street or whatever like that i think mm-hmm. it was and i was like that's an awesome that's an awesome freaking compilation so in that fashion Are you considering doing a wiretap non-cover compilation album as well?
1: Hmm. That uh, that is something that might be coming down the line, you know, Um, you know, as not only for this, this coming year, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I will say that, you know, the 10 year um, anniversary of the label is coming up in 2024. So there's some things that might be kind of, that I'm exploring, kind of, you know, putting together. So um, gotcha you know, whether that be unreleased music or that be sort of a retrospective of, you know, the quote unquote best of of the label for the past decade. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, whether that be, you know, unreleased stuff or even like, I still want to do way more um, cover stuff. I love cover covers in general. You know, I think that's a good way for artists kind of like, get people's attention, if you will. And sometimes, you know, like, you know, if I, yeah. if I see a cool cover, I'll I don't check think, it Blink, out.
0: or I don't think Limp Biscuit would have been Limp Biscuit without covering <laughs> Faith, right? I mean, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. put them on it, the
1: map. It worked for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I love covers, you know, and even if it's like covers of like a, a full catalog, you know, it's like you mentioned, uh Andy from Sell the Heart, you know, I think Andy partnered with, um, Lava Socks. They put out a, a Rancid, um, Outcome the Wills uh, record a few years ago, about I think two years ago. So, you know, that was, that was covers of, of, of bands doing, every track right. from that record. So I think things like yeah. that are, are, I think for me, are always kind of fun and cool. So maybe there'll be a few things that are, might pop up in the next year or two like that. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So I, I did tell you this, and I do mean this sincerely, that I have yet to hear a release from Wiretap that I don't like. Um, I mean, y- your, your standard for uh, good music is like, way higher than most people, right? So like, it, it, even if when you put out a, something that's a bit different, uh, you know, it's still really good. So I think that, you know, I just, I just want to know, like, do you have a, I guess a definition of what you consider to be good music? Like, do you have a wheelhouse or do you, you kind of just say, here's kind of a formula. Here's what I like, or does it just, you hear it and that's what it is. Yeah.
1: I, 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 I want to give you like this, like great answer and say like, (laughs) this is the formula when I, you know, and, but it really is like I, I I play it and I listen to it and I listen I, I listen to it a lot. Like when I'm considering something, like I'll listen to it probably on my morning run and my morning walk in the morning, like through lunchtime. Like I'll play it all day. Like and it's gotta like register, right? And then the next step is yeah. kind of like, all right, I like it. I think this is a good record. Um, but will it fit with the other artists that are on the roster? Like will it will it will that not only will the will the band kind of blend well with the other roster of like playing shows together we're touring together and whatnot right yeah or will they will that will that record just in general kind of fit the vibe like what are people like you as a record club member or you know like other people going to think about like oh this is like like i said i'm flattered that you say like even if it's something that's not traditionally the sound of wiretap will you appreciate kind of why i put it out you know and at the end of the day if if i think that the answer is yes to that then i run with it and like you know what Let's, let's, let's put it out, you know, and I feel like there's, there's things that this past year that I think that I've kind of ventured out a little bit more being adventurous in terms of the sound, but there's been times where I thought like, maybe I should start like a second label. That's not so much like, you know, that maybe it didn't fit, you know, maybe like, you know, you, you know, you take a, a, a label like Epitaph that did. Hellcat or they did anti yeah. that, you know, was there, there are other labels that didn't quite fit on, on the roster. So they just right?
0: said, Tim, go crazy, sign a bunch of artists to Hellcat. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. And that worked out for them. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so I've considered doing things like that, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, I still wanted there still has to be some kind of a common thread and I, you am and I'm hopeful. I'm thankful that the, the times that I've kind of ventured out, not the non quote unquote punk you know, realm that everything still was well-received and and people still saw the value in in that record.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you kind of mentioned branching off, right? So it segues into my next question. You know, before we go, I want to talk about Migrito, which is a subsidiary, essentially, of Wiretap in some ways for the Latin community, right? So what's your mission and and your vision for that project?
1: Yeah, no. In 2020, um, you know, actually would have been 2019, actually. you know, i think a lot of us were and, and i will mention that i i do my get though with um, a good friend of mine oscar uh who i grew up with um so you know oscar's obviously been you know really supportive he's a good friend of mine and you know seeing what i've been doing with wiretap over the, the years and you know i think we were all kind of in 2019 coming off of like you know george floyd and you know just a time where we were all kind of ref- being more reflective on diversifying just everything that we yeah. do right you know and 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 i and it, I don't want to, I don't want it to make it sound like I, you know, I think that a lot of people were, you know, sadly a lot of people at that time were just noticing that they should be a lot more diverse, you know, whether it be in the, work, <laughs> yeah. in the workplace or yeah. business or whatever. Right. So I think in general, I think a lot of us it were, it does definitely
0: diverse. shine a spotlight though, for sure. Sure. And,
1: and, yeah. and, and that's a good thing too. Right. It's like, it's, it's yeah. good that people do take note of equality and, and, and trying to do things that, you know, to be a little bit more diverse. Um, but as someone who myself, who is obviously a, a, a you know, person of color, I you know, I'm first generation Mexican American, you know, so it's like I identify as Chicano. Um and you know, I feel like, you know, even going to shows as when I was younger, like, you know, I, I always felt like I still wasn't well represented, if you will, right? Yeah. Like on, not only on stage, but even in the audience too. Right. Like, it's like For sure. I'd I'd go to shows and you know, or even, you know, I I'll give you an example. Like I, I remember going to uh, a Vandal show. You know, and of course, Joe Escalante is Hispanic himself, but yeah. you know, and uh,
0: that doesn't necessarily mean yeah, anything. To people listening to it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but I remember going to a show and seeing the opening band and seeing four Mexican kids, you know, four Mexican American kids walk on stage, and it was audio karate, you know. Yeah. So, and I remember, and I remember seeing them on stage and being like, "Hey, those dudes look like me. Those dudes look like my my friends or my cousins that I go to school with, right?" So I remember yeah. like thinking that and being like, all right, cool. I, this is, this is cool. This is different. It's people that look like me on stage. Right. So I think the idea of that stuck with me, not only with in, over the years of wiretap, but also in, in thinking of like when I, when I wanted to start and being and my partner, wanted to start my ghetto. It was, it was allowing kids like that, that, you know, didn't really necessarily have the quote again, I'll say the, the luxury, but the luxury of having like PR or having like somebody that can help them and kind of like even take meetings with them and and say, Hey, you know, like give some of the insight that I, that I had learned with wiretap and helping them with, you know, and, um, in releasing a record or putting together a music video or whatever. Right. So that was the overall mentality. It's like, Hey, I want to, I want to support Latino kids and Latino, you know, uh, you know, artists in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but not only necessarily that I only wanted to think we were only going to work with, uh, Hispanic people. Like it was more about, and it still is, right? It's more about celebrating the culture. You know, I'm sure. I'm, I'm I'm proud of that. I'm a Mexican American, and you know, obviously, I'm I'm proud of being American, but also of the culture that I that I come from, right? So it's like yep. um, we started that not only to help out um, musicians and 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 put out records, and and there's a label side of it. But we also support podcasts as well, you know, so it's part yeah. podcast network, it's part record label, but we also do events and, you know, we do a number of other things too, so, um, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a little bit more of kind of like in, in terms of broader entertainment based than maybe wiretap is, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, that was the overall, um, the origins and kind of what, why I think, you know, um, you know, we both decided to kind of launch Mike Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I mean, my my wife is first generation as well. Both her parents came from Mexico and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our our son is obviously uh, half Caucasian, half Mexican American. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, great that like I I speak to him in Spanish and he can understand what his mom like. I don't speak fluently Spanish, but I speak like I speak like a fifth grader, maybe or a third grader. (laughs) I'm not sure, but uh, it takes me a while to say what I want to say, but I can understand a lot more than I can say. And so I think it's just awesome when you can see like you know the blending of of cultures but still making it the the quintessential rock sound or mm-hmm. you know making it sound like you know more flavorful i guess just more sonically different but still the same i mean if yeah. everybody was still listening to just like led zeppelin and you know the beatles like english rock from the 70s i don't think i would like rock music anymore because it would be so burnt out and stale i'd be like ah I'm going to move on to something else. And that's probably why a lot of people don't listen to rock music these days because that's what they think rock music is. But um, the fact that it has changed and evolved and blended with different variations, you know, a lot more female rock leads out there these days, a lot more people of color. Uh, We talked about Jabril from Shiva. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's lots of guys out there and lots of girls out there that are just kicking ass. And I'm like, this would have never happened when I was, you know, growing up in, in the 80s and 90s. I would have it would have been i mean obviously bad brains and stuff like that existed yeah but you just don't see it as often right like it's it's a lot more prevalent now and i I think that's just a sign of people actually loving music more across cultures it doesn't rock music was never a white person's thing but it somehow became like pigeonholed as like only white people like that music and it's like no i mean chuck berry and little richard and all these guys who started and innovated it they're the ones that brought it over like we just happened to like it's cool now just like how hip-hop kind of crossed over and 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 Mm. everything like that but uh you know I, i think it's great when when people start to diversify and and uh you know like i said blend the sound because i think that's where the 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 true synergy of rock music is it's not just one person or one cultures kind of thing it's it's everybody and and literally just like a diy community the more people work together and support it and and you know, sampled and changed things, it just makes everything else better. So I think that's awesome. Um, so we'll add some links to obviously, you know, Greco mm-hmm. and, and uh, Wiretap and everything else that we got for you. Did you have anything else that you wanted to plug, any shout outs or anything that you want to say before we leave so that way people know more about Wiretap or just kind of take some action before we go?
1: Yeah, no, just the, you know, the normals, uh, you know, we you can find us all on social, at Wiretap Records on um, on Instagram, on Facebook, it's all the same, on Twitter, is anybody still going to Twitter? I don't know <laughs> right now. So. Not, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, not even Twitter well,
0: employees are going to Twitter. But. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Right. So if you're still on that platform, you can still find us on there. There might, hasn't, probably hasn't been a tweet in about two months, but we yeah. still post it every now and there. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, still trying to grow that audience as we all are um, with uh, TikTok is still the medium that I think everyone's still trying to figure out. Um, but yeah, you can find us on, you know, on all the, all the platforms um, you can, uh, buy our merch. Uh, all the records at WiretapRecords.com. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Record Club will go on sale. I'll kind of let uh, let, let let you in on the uh, the date. It's going on sale on Monday, the twenty seventh. I believe that is. What is that? The okay. Monday after Thanksgiving. So in about a week or so.
0: Eighth, I think, because I think my birthday is the next day on the. Oh, there you go, man. Have your birthday. Yeah, I'll give you early birthday. So uh, maybe I'll just have my wife buy it for my birthday.
1: <laughs> nice. So the twenty eighth <laughs> it goes on sale. Um, Sweet. You know, so that's that. Obviously trying to promote that and, and let people, you know, find out about that, of course, and and see if they're be interested in signing up for 2023. Uh, there's yeah. actually some fun stuff coming up. Um we'll be announcing some releases coming up over the next week or two and welcoming some new artists to the to the label. So um if if this would be the year that you sign up right? people sign up, it's gonna be a good one.
0: So yeah. um, very cool. So We'll put all the links to everything below the show uh, and and all that stuff. But one last question before we go, and this could be a band on your label or just in general. But what new music would you recommend people check out right now? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll go with one. Obviously, it's on the label. You know, I. You know, obviously, you know, I everything that I put out, I've gone behind and I enjoy. And I, I, not only because of the people that, that I work with are, are good people and, and, but I, I, genuinely enjoy every record. Right. Um, but one band, I think that I, I, I'm dying to get them out to the States because I just love the the sound, the band, and just the, the guys there are, are, are just really good dudes, but love breakers out of the UK. Um, I think people just, when they see them they, they just fall in love with, with the band in general. Like they got yeah. a great sound. It's so melodic. Uh, it just, that songs are, are just, just great, great songs and a great record. So, um, I think people, I would love for a lot more people at least stateside to find out more about love breakers, um, look them up. Um, you can obviously find them on our website, on our social and whatnot, but give them a listen. Um, their last, their record from last year called primary colors is just a phenomenal record. So, um, if nice. you dig, uh, yeah, if you dig, uh uk Brit pop the kind of the clash inspired with a little bit of like more pop leaning type like the police stuff or a little bit more tom pettyish kind of like but pop music whatever like like 80s pop with a little bit more a little bit more attitude like a social distortion type attitude then you'll definitely dig lovebreakers
0: nice and I think they're actually just announced like a, a bit of a yeah. regional tour in the UK with reminders who are also on wiretap
1: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah they're doing a little mini mini wiretap uh showcase out of the UK which we would it? love for to get those i think theory. they're
0: good i was just pointing yeah. at the reminders uh, album oh there, right there it is yeah it's nice. in the corner
1: <laughs> <laughs> very cool
0: yeah so yeah if you uh want to check out lovebreakers obviously they're i don't know if they're releasing a new album anytime soon but you just said that they, they released an album last year so uh mm-hmm. definitely check them out and rob i want to thank you so much uh, i know we've both got things to do uh, it's the middle of the day on a Sunday, so there's obviously football to go watch. Uh, but I do want to thank you so much for your uh, th- your time today. Guys, make sure to go check out Wiretap Records. Uh, Rob, you're the man. Uh, if anybody's sitting here going, oh, who is this Rob guy? Just, just take my advice and just take this to heart. This guy is a fucking genius when it comes to finding bands. So if you want to check out cool bands, go check out Wiretap Records because Rob knows what the hell he's doing. And guys, remember that. The Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. If you want to show some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media as well. You can also make a donation to the podcast to help us keep making some awesome episodes with awesome guests. You'll find that link as well in the notes below. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube and Spotify as well now. If you want to check out some of our articles, album reviews, lists, and interviews, go to PoweredByRock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog. You'll also be able to find some merch and gear where you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on.
1: It's not